Greetings, dear friends. We are sincerely glad to greet you again. And today we're going to talk with the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mikhailovich, our viewers especially noted a moment in our previous video where you spoke about the tsunami of love, about this all-encompassing feeling of joy which engulfs a person in response when he constantly directs his love, his sincere feelings towards the spiritual world, towards God. And of course, it's a great happiness to know that so many of our viewers have repeatedly had this experience and received this response from God and from the spiritual world world. You know, this really reminds me of the words in the Bible where the Lord says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Of course, when a person receives such an experience of amazing communication with the spiritual world and with God, it drastically changes the person's life. Firstly, everyone would certainly love to stay in this communication constantly. And secondly, a sincere desire is generated inside so that as many people as possible would receive such a response from God and from the spiritual world. Igor Mikhailovich, people very often write to us, and we are often asked questions by clergymen of different religions, those wonderful people among them who sincerely love and respect God's messengers, and who strive for God and for the spiritual world with all their hearts. It just so happened that they devoted most of their lives to ministry within religious organizations, but they encountered the truth, they encountered the true knowledge, and now deep inside they are faced with a very pressing question, how should they proceed? Because they clearly observe that there are both true grains in religions and there is chaff. So, of course, this question is acute, because how can a person actually be saved, especially a priest, After all, in addition to responsibility for himself, he also has an enormous responsibility for the people he leads, responsibility for his flock. I will put it this way. You can love the Lord always and everywhere, whatever work people do. But if they are with God, they will do it with dignity. That's the first thing. The second thing, of equal importance, is that everything depends on a person's own choice. If he really strives for God, and if he wants to help people, he will find a way to help. However, another thing is that being in a certain organization, or, as they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, whether they want to or not, they will act in accordance with their written rules regardless of their religious organization. But everything is different everywhere. It is people who invented that. Yes, it's all chaff. Yes, theatricality. But it has been shaped over years and sometimes millennia. So how can you all of a sudden go against it all? Right? This is not allowed. You won't be understood. I would give the following example. Just imagine, for instance, that there is a famous company producing office supplies, and it has a network of stores. So, a person comes to work there, let's say, and looks. Yes, people come, the goods are good, everything is wonderful, but the goods are a little bit wrong. People come while they buy those office supplies and all that. There is, pardon me, neither pastries nor water there. 
So for the sake of improving people's lives, the person begins to bake pastries and starts selling them, installs a coffee machine, at the same time, selling coffee, and people feel good. They eat delicious, homemade pastries with good coffee and buy office supplies. Isn't that good? Nothing bad, right? Right. However, if this action is not agreed with the management, what will happen? Problems loom, of course. Absolutely right. In the same way, our highly esteemed clergymen of various religions and, in fact, various denominations and so forth face this problem. That's a frequent question which arises in our society almost all the time, so to say, right? To be honest, there is no straight answer to it. But I can only voice my own opinion. We raised these issues a long time ago. I have good friends, monks from Mount Athos, and quite a long time ago, we had lengthy conversations with them on those subjects. They often came to me, and we came up with a similar question, of course. What should they do? They love God, they feel the truth. But every monastery has its own charter. I always said one thing, follow this charter, but nobody forbids you to love God. Moreover, all religions are actually built on the grains of truth, and these grains are love for God and universal human values, so to say. There is nothing bad about that. As for ritualism and theatricality, well, I'll put it as follows. If that theater is not aimed at magic and foolishness, is it really sinful? No. Is it actually sinful to splash water on people? Of course not. Splash it if you please. That's not the point. The point is that knowing the truth and sort of standing at the front line in the fight against Satan, as it is supposed to be in religions, a person cannot speak about the truth and cannot really gather this army of God and direct it against Satan. Why? Because this would actually go against, it would go against their organization and he would immediately have difficulties. Yes, a lot of people will say that since that is the case, he should quit. My friends, just imagine that you have worked all your life at a certain job, and then you realize that not everything you did was good, that this job is not quite good, and you can improve it. So if you try to improve it, you will face a situation where you'll be simply kicked out. What will you do when you've been mastering only one experience for decades? Let's say your skill is well-developed, but you have no other experience. So what? In your old age or in your declining years, are you going to acquire another profession? Because all of us are people. We don't have the creative society right now. We have the consumerist format. And, you know, we have an acute issue, on the one hand, to be deceitful as a clergyman, not to tell the truth or to perform magic rituals. There is no other way to call them. It's a sin. On the other hand, we can understand this person too. How can he quit? As a matter of fact, in those very sermons, 
in those very conversations with people. He can convey a lot of truth to people and even set them on the path of truth. Indeed, despite rituals and all the stipulated rules, literally recently, we've been also discussing with clergymen such a well-established rite or ceremony. I don't even know what to call it correctly. It is consecration of buildings and cars. In fact, this practice has existed for a long time. Well, to be honest, it borders on magic. But Jesus Christ didn't do that. And Christians should follow in His footsteps, should follow Him and do what Jesus Christ said, and not what people invented and introduced later on, explaining that this is the way He wanted it to be. If He really wanted it to be that way, He would have done it that way and taught it, right? Well, that's a separate topic. Although, again, he was among people for a long time. He spoke about a lot of things, and he showed and explained a lot. But what was included, shall we say, in the religious teaching are very small stories about his life and his deeds. The rest has been removed because it's impossible to build an organization which would give power and funds on what he did and what he talked about. Because the first thing he said was that there is no one higher, everyone is equal, and we all should love each other. This is even what remained. But he also taught and told how to do that. In fact, if we interpret it as of today, he talked about the Creative Society. He said that we were supposed to build a different world, a perfect world, where honesty, decency, and most importantly, love for God, love for each other would dominate. After all, love for God begins through love for each other. Isn't it so? That's exactly what everything should start with. He precisely mentioned that magic is bad and is impermissible and that one shouldn't ask God for anything except salvation and help on the way to salvation. But people distorted everything and turned everything into magic. It is clear that an organization is an organization. Any organization is aimed at profits and strengthening its position in society. This is normal. It is natural. We live in the consumerist format. In the creative format, believe me, everything will change. Everything will change. We will come back to this a little later. So the right of consecration of a car or a premise, is nothing but a magical ritual to cast out a demon. When a clergyman performs this rite, and all the more, in the name of Jesus Christ or God, he sort of takes away this filth. It looks very funny. And clergymen themselves understand that nothing changes at that. How is it possible to cast out a demon from anywhere if he lives in a human? It's our integral part. There are both an angel and a demon in us. But we only choose who we want to become, which side we want to be on. We don't even have to go anywhere. Is it possible to cast a demon out of a human? Well, theoretically, yes. And practically, it is possible. But a human being will not exist then. That's the point. In this world, I mean. Whereas, if a person hasn't gained spiritual salvation, 
When he becomes a subpersonality, he exactly turns into that demon because everything that is humane, everything that is from an angel in a person, will disappear. The only way for a person to get rid of a demon is to become an angel. That's when one really gets rid of him. And many people, not only clergymen, but also laymen, as they say, feel and understand that. Especially when clergymen or monks face the true knowledge in practice, and when this God's love awakens in them, it is hard, it is very hard. Of course, their consciousness revolts. They really want to come out and say the truth out loud at the sermon, yes. because they have this kind of inner intolerance to lies. Of course, after all… So the all, question is, will this single sermon solve anything? Will it strengthen personality in those people who will hear it at that moment? No. Will one such powerful sermon be enough to change the situation? Now, you've raised a good question. My friends, tell me, we communicate with you quite often and for quite a long time. Is one of our conversations enough for you to become an angel? A simple question. On the one hand, it's enough. It's enough to simply say, love God and be a human. It's more than enough. But the problem actually is that there's a demon living in every human. And unfortunately, in almost everyone, he is predominant. And it's the demon who says that he is the human, while the human as personality sometimes doesn't even develop, and that's the trouble. Therefore, it is possible to awaken a sleeping personality. But to strengthen it with one lecture, so to say, is unlikely. Why did Tatiana say about a priest coming out with one sermon? Simply because his bosses wouldn't allow him to preach a second sermon. One sermon would be enough. We certainly have cases where people preached the truth in their parishes for years, but still ended up being expelled, even though we warned them. Well, people couldn't step over themselves. Since it's the truth, then it's the truth. At least in the cases that we know of, everything ended with the expulsion of the clergymen. They were accused of sectarianism, stupidity, heresy, and everything else, even though the people were speaking the truth and they were speaking about God's love. Well, such is the world. It's the world of consumerism. And there's no getting away from it. Therefore, I would put it in a different way. Friends, let's just take an honest look. Tell me, what is better? A situation when a priest comes out and in such a revolutionary way starts telling the truth, starts speaking about the verity in his organization. And that's it. And with one sermon, he basically solves nothing. However, with clear conscience, he goes home, looks for a job, and begins to live in a completely different way. As some would say, like an honest man, right? He absolves himself of responsibility. But has his lecture or his sermon really helped people? A simple question. A little bit, yes. It might give an impulse to someone. Well, maybe even understanding will happen for someone. It might. However, he will no longer be a clergyman. He will no longer be able to communicate with people, at least not in that status. 
Whereas, if we look from another perspective, many of our friends, the clergy in many religions, love the Lord very much. They go to Him along the straight path and hold tightly to Him. At the same time, yes, they observe certain rituals as they should at work. But when they talk to people, they talk with an open heart and speak the truth. After all, there are true grains in every religion, and that's what they talk about. When they talk about chaff, they call things by their proper names. When some rituals have to be performed, they explain to people that those are rituals and traditions. This isn't the divine service. The divine service means service to people, service to the spiritual world and its interests in this world. And the most important thing is the true, honest, and wholehearted love for God. That's the straight path. This is what they talk about. And they do not forget to say, especially in Christianity, that in reality, God's temple, as Jesus Christ said, is precisely a human Himself. It is not walls of stone or wood, not domes or iconostasis. It's a human being. That's the real temple in which an angel can be born, who becomes part of the spiritual world, part of the Lord God Himself, a true independent part. Well, this is where a question arises, an independent part of God, meaning almost on par with God. In many people this may evoke a certain dissonance. Namely, isn't that selfishness? Doesn't this exalt a human too much, like he's on par with God? But friends, let's look at this from a different perspective. The spiritual world is a whole unit, but it consists of a countless number of angels who make up this world of God. Many, many times smaller. Let's even say it is scary to even compare how much smaller. But nevertheless, a human body consists of billions of various cells. Every cell is independent. Tell me, is it equal to other cells in our body or not? Is it as significant or less significant? It is significant and equal. And it's a part of our body, meaning it is us, isn't it? Every cell. Every cell performs its own function. Absolutely, right. And to every cell of our body, or let's say, Let's zoom in. Every molecule of our body, let's not talk about particles, but take a molecule. Let's stop at a bigger unit, okay? It performs a certain function, and it's a part of something bigger, right? But at the same time, it is us. The same applies to every angel. And there is no contradiction in anything here. You see how simple everything is when you look at the truth with an open soul, and with your eyes wide open, everything becomes visible, clear and simple. Doesn't it? It does. It's the same way with divine service. When in any religion a person is really on the path to God, he shows people the true path with his love, by his own example, 
even using those little tools of truth that he has, he can bring people into heaven. But if he puts those tools aside, let's say he's a revolutionary, he wants to change everything, you know, like, yes, something small is capable of shaking even something big, even a small microbe or a virus, for example, a very small one, is capable of killing even an elephant, but it is capable of destroying. The difference between building and destroying is tremendous. Therefore, we shouldn't destroy what was built not by us, and we shouldn't create worse conditions. I'll put it this way. If we can create better ones, meanwhile, I'm more than sure that it is possible to use any moment in any religion to truly serve our Lord God and to be faithful to Him, to Him and to our prophets. It is possible to serve people in such a way that our prophets will be proud of us, without violating any of the covenants of our prophets at that. Isn't this true? It is, friends. Everything is very, very simple, and it all depends on us. There is an old saying that it is not the places that grace men, but men the places. Yes, there is foolishness, but foolishness is everywhere where there are people. It's not because the devil brought it in, but because we let it be there. Well, we should actually choose either to help people by staying. It's the efficiency of, course. of one's spiritual path. Absolutely right. And you've just mentioned the efficiency of one's spiritual path for the Lord's world and for His interests. Yet, what is the interest of the spiritual world here? Friends of mine, what do you think? Well, let it be a question. Because we often say, interest of the spiritual world, but what is his interest here? Answer, if it's not difficult for you. You know, Igor Mikhailovich, you said it right, that it is necessary not to destroy, but to build. Of course. And for every true Christian, exactly Christ is kind of a teacher and a friend. So you look back at the life of Jesus Christ and realize that, in actual fact, the Apostles kept that very Sabbath, and Jesus once talked about the Law of Moses. He said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the Law or the Prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Absolutely right. And you know, these are also the principles of the Creative Society, that it is actually the way of evolution. Not to destroy. That it's not to destroy, but precisely to create. And how much it really depends on every person. I mean… And he was an example for all Christians, because he was a real bridge builder from heart to heart. And he was an example for all of us. Exactly. Jesus Christ said, Let us love one another. You have said that every person is God's temple. Right. 
And it is believed that one of the biggest sins is to ruin that temple. You often say, love one another. Right. And you know, one realizes how important it is not to ruin one's inner temple, as well as not to ruin the inner temple of another person, so that we could be a support to each other. I'll put it this way. Whoever preserves the Lord's temple in Himself preserves it in others too. You won't have the heart to ruin the Lord's temple if you have it in yourself. How would you do that? In no way you will respect and love every person, because he has in him that which is also in you, that part which is sent down by God himself. It is what we call the soul, which is able to turn any mortal, inevitably dead person, into eternally alive, to elevate him as a worthy person and to make him equal among the worthiest Isn't it true? Yet, what is the cause? Satan. No, friends. It's not Satan. The cause is our weakness as personality. And the first thing you need to do is to realize who you are, my friend. Everything begins from that. And then it doesn't matter when you know who you are understand what you're here for and what chance the Lord has really given you. And that you can indeed make it a reality, then it doesn't matter what your profession is or what you do. You will do it with love for God and in service to the spiritual world. Right? This is very important, service to the spiritual world. Yes. Because, in fact, you know, today's conversation poses a question to a person. Do you want personal salvation to become saved yourself, or do you want to serve God so that there is efficiency from your actions, so that thousands around you would become saved? There is no personal salvation without serving the spiritual world. There is just no such thing, friends. Even if, let's say, we isolate a person, And he'll be alone and won't see anyone, but he will have the knowledge. He will have food, water, and the knowledge. And he will start following the spiritual path. He will still bring benefit to the spiritual world, because the farther a person goes from this world, and the closer he comes to the heavenly gate, the wider and clearer the world becomes for him and the more distinctly he perceives even what the earthly eye does not perceive. Service to the spiritual world is exactly in struggle against Satan. When you have defeated him in yourself, you have a chance to defeat him in others too, and to make this world a much more beautiful, cleaner, and better place. So, it is possible to isolate a person from people, but it's unrealistic to isolate a person from the Lord God and from Satan. And we should remember that too, right? Therefore, friends, everything is in our hands, and it doesn't matter where we serve the Lord. It's important that we serve Him. So let's just love one another, as Jesus Christ said. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, friends. Peace be with you.